Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. This discussion will be about Helaman chapter 16. This is going to be the last chapter in the Book of Helaman, and uh, we'll see the outcome here as uh, uh, Samuel the Lamanite concludes his... Uh, his teaching to the people. Verse 1, And now it came to pass that there were many who heard the words of Samuel the Lamanite, which he spake upon the walls of the city. And as many as believed on his word went forth and sought for Nephi. And when they had come forth and found him, they confessed unto him their sins. By this ye may know, if a man repenteth of his sins, behold, he will confess them and forsake them. Confession of sin involves two dimensions, disclosure of the deed and covenant and commitment to Christ through the appointed priesthood leader. That was by Millet McConkie. And denied not. To deny not is to be candid in the confession of sin and weakness. It is to be open and pliable to counsel, direction, and the promptings of the Spirit. Desiring that they might be baptized unto the Lord, Samuel is the visiting authority, and the people go to their authorized priesthood leader, Nephi, for baptism. But as many as there were who did not believe in the words of Samuel were angry with him. We find ourselves often quoting the words of the prophets, and lest there be some doubt as to what a prophet is, we submit that it is one who, under the appointment and inspiration of the Lord God, speaks truth as the Spirit moves him, regardless of what the world is thinking and regardless of what men would like to hear. And therefore, a prophet is seldom popular, and the cost of being a prophet is always great, for he may be called upon to say those things which are not pleasing, and he may find himself fighting against a tide of mass misconception, and as history records, be stoned, crucified, banished, ridiculed, shunned, or rejected. For the truth is not pleasing unto all men, and time has proved that majorities are not always right. It is not important that a prophet should say those things with which you and I are in full accord, but it is important that you and I should bring ourselves into full accord with those things which a prophet speaks by virtue of his office and calling. That was by Richard L. Evans. Continuing verse 2, And they cast stones at him upon the wall, and also many shot arrows at him as he stood upon the wall, but the Spirit of the Lord was with him, insomuch that they could not hit him with their stones, neither with their arrows. Joseph Smith said, I saw in vision Brigham Young standing in a strange land in the far south and west in a desert place upon a rock in the midst of a dozen men who appeared hostile. He was preaching to them in their own tongue and the angel of God standing above his head with a drawn sword in his hand protecting him, but he did not see it. We will be protected until our mission is done. Verse 3, Now when they saw that they could not hit him, there were more there were many more who did believe on his words, insomuch that they went away unto Nephi to be baptized. For behold, Nephi was baptizing and prophesying and preaching, crying repentance unto the people, showing signs and wonders, working miracles among the people, that they might know that the Christ must shortly come. So here's Nephi and, and uh, Samuel as two witnesses of the truth, telling them of things which must shortly come, that they might know and remember at the time of their coming that they had been made known unto them beforehand, to the intent that they might believe. Therefore, as many as believed on the words of Samuel, went forth unto him to be baptized, for they came repenting and confessing their sins. But the more part of them did not believe in the words of Samuel. How we respond to the words of a living prophet when, we, when he tells us what we need to know, but would rather not hear, is a test of our faithfulness. That was by President Benson.
Therefore, when they saw that they could not hit him with their stones and their arrows, they cried unto their captains, saying, Take this fellow and bind him, for behold, he hath a devil. And because of the de power of the devil which is in him, we cannot hit him with our stones and with our arrows. Therefore, take him and bind him, and away with him. And as they went forth to lay their hands on him, behold, he did cast himself down from the wall, and did flee out of their lands, yea, even unto his own country, and began to preach and to prophesy among his own people. And behold, he was never heard of more among the Nephites, and thus were the affairs of the people. And thus ended the eighty and sixth year, the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi. And thus ended also the eighty and seventh year of the reign of the judges, the more part of the people remaining in their pride and wickedness, and the lesser part walking more circumspectly before God. And these were the conditions also in the eighty and eighth year of the reign of the judges, and there was but little alteration in the affairs of the people, save it where the people began to be more hardened in iniquity, and do more and more of that which was contrary to the commandments of God in the eighty and ninth year of the reign of the judges. And it came to pass in the ninetieth year, of the reign of the judges, there were great signs given unto the people and wonders, and the words of the prophets began to be fulfilled. So now this is around 2 BC. And angels did appear unto men, wise men, and did declare unto them glad tidings of great joy. Thus, in this year, the scriptures began to be fulfilled. Nevertheless, the people began to harden their hearts, all save it were the most believing part of them, but both of the Nephites and also of the Lamanites, and began to depend upon their own strength and upon their own wisdom. Elder Oaks uh, says the Book of Mormon describes that attitude among a people who depended solely upon their own strength. Upon the basis of reason, these persons rejected the prophecies, saying it's not reasonable that such a being as a Christ shall come. Applying that same attitude, a prominent professor dismissed the Book of Mormon with the assertion, you don't get books from angels, it is just that simple. Those who seek gospel knowledge only by study and reason are particularly susceptible to the self-sufficiency and self-importance that sometimes characterize academic pursuits. As the Apostle Paul observed in his day, knowledge puffeth up. He cautioned the learned, take heed lest by any means this liberty or knowledge of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. And though and through thy knowledge shall shall the weak become shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. The apostle Peter foresaw that attitude in our time. There shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. A Book of Mormon prophet described the origin and consequences of this attitude. Uh, back in Second Nephi, O oh, that cunning plan of the evil one, O oh, the vainness and the frailties and the foolishness of men. When they are learned, they think they are wise, and they hearken not unto the counsel of God. For they set it aside, supposing they know of themselves. Wherefore, their wisdom is foolishness, and it profiteth them not, not and they shall perish. Verse 16, saying, Some things they have guessed right among so many. But behold, we know that all these great and marvelous works cannot come to pass, of which has been spoken. And they began to reason and to contend among, them, among themselves, saying that it is not reasonable that such a being as a Christ shall come. Joseph Fielding Smith said, The worship of reason, of false philosophy, is greater now than it was in the past. Men are depending upon their own research to find out God, and that which they cannot discover, and which they cannot demonstrate to their satisfaction, through their own research and their natural senses they reject. They are not seeking for the Spirit of the Lord. They are not striving to know God in the manner in which he has marked out by which he may be known. But they are walking in their own way, believing in their own man-made philosophies, teaching the doctrines of devils and not the doctrines of the Son of God.
Continuing verse 18, If so, and he be the Son of God, the Father of heaven and of earth, as it has been spoken, why will, ye, why will he not show himself unto us, as well as unto them who shall be at Jerusalem? Yea, why will he not show himself in this land, as well as in the land of Jerusalem? Elder Maxwell said, The demands of discipleship should be our focus, not what we submissively, unsubmissively demand of God. The demands disbelievers make of God would be comedy if they were not tragedy. Some of those living in the Western Hemisphere before the birth of Christ demanding, uh, why will he not show himself in this land as well as in the land of Jerusalem? Elsewhere, some taunted Jesus while he hung on the cross, saying he saved others, let him save himself. If he be Christ, no divine demonstration followed the, these queries or taunts. The mortal desire for manifestations, but on our terms, is clearly inconsistent with the plan of the Lord. In times of stress, he relies on the steadiness of our discipleship, not on an abundance of showmanship or persuasion, not intimidation. On persuasion, not intimidation. Verse 20, But behold, we know that this is a wicked tradition, which has been handed down unto us by our fathers to cause us that we should believe in some great and marvelous thing which should come to pass, but not among us, but in a land which is far distant, a land which we know not. Therefore they can keep us in ignorance, for we cannot witness with our own eyes that they are true. And they will, by the cunning and the mysterious arts of the evil one, work some great mystery which we cannot understand, which will keep us down to the servants, to be servants to their words, and also servants unto them. For we depend upon them to teach us the word. And thus will they keep us in ignorance, if we will yield ourselves unto them all the days of our lives. And many more things did the people imagine up in their hearts, which were foolish and vain. And they were much disturbed, for Satan did stir them up to do iniquity continually. Delbert L. Stapley said, in quoting verse 22, This account of wickedness and contentions among the Nephites prior to the Lord's birth in the meridian of time is duplicated in the wickedness, contentions, and deceptions of our day as we approach the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Prophecies concerning these days are also being fulfilled, and Satan is stirring up the hearts of men to do iniquity continually and to thwart, if possible, faith in the great events of Christ's second coming to earth, which I testify is sure to come to pass. Satan is alert and active. He must be more alert and perceptive of the false and insincere schemes of his agents among us. Continuing verse 22. Yea, he did go about spreading rumors and contentions upon all the face of the land, that he might harden the hearts of the people against that which was good and against that which should come. And notwithstanding the signs and the wonders which were wrought among the people of the Lord, and the many miracles which they did, Satan did get great hold upon the hearts of the people upon all the face of the land. Satan is evil totally and always. He ever seeks to defeat the gospel plan and destroys the souls of men. Satan is irrevocably committed to countering and overcoming the influence of the Spirit of Christ upon men. And as uh, Elder Bednar said in the recent conference talk, Satan is evil and, and seeks our destruction all day, every day. Verse 24, And thus ended the 90th year, this is 1 B.C., of the, of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi, and thus ended the book of Helaman, according to the record of Helaman and his sons. I bear testimony that these things are true, and that as we uh, read these words of in the book of Helaman that are going to be similar to uh, what we are going to experience prior to the second coming, I hope that we can understand what's happening and, and see our own day and see the times that are occurring and the things that are happening now that are preceding the second coming. I bear testimony that these things are true, and uh, pray that we might keep our eyes open. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. See you next time.